Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeca. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. Yes! In part two of this episode, we will be joined by the great NBA insider himself, Mr. Kyle Budzanowski. So it will be great to have him on the show. But Mike, we have so much to talk about. You know, this first half of the show is going to be heavy wrestling, right? We've got Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman being anointed the new executive directors of both Raw and SmackDown, respectively. We were talking um, some Rollins, Will Ospreay, slash Kenny Omega, slash everybody in the wrestling world Twitter banter going on. We've got Best in the World from Ring of Honors and Fighter Fest from AEW's reviews on those shows and some compare and contrast. And we've also got Michigan baseball. And I want to talk about the University of Michigan as a whole and their downfalls in big games. And, and lastly, to top it all off at the very end of it, we're going to be talking some NBA possible schedule changes that I think we'd all could be in favor for, you know, if they do it the right way. So lots of great stuff coming at you right away. Mike, let's just jump right into it. The first thing I want to talk about, Paul Heyman, mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff, hired new executive directors of Raw and SmackDown. Both are going to report directly to Vince McMahon. Heyman has Raw. Bischoff has SmackDown. He's going to be working a lot with Fox because that SmackDown moves to Fox here in the next couple months. Um, how big is this move for WWE? Is it because I've there's so many people on one side that are like me where I'm I'm so pumped about yeah. it, and then there's other path for just like it's retreads. So so where are you at? I mean, a big change is something that the WWE has needed yeah. for about two years now mm-hmm. um it's been rinse and repeat for a very long time mm-hmm. so them coming in maybe changing up a little bit is going to be a nice little um, change and a blend of different stuff that we haven't seen yep. however going straight to vince mcmahon is still it's almost like almost the same thing except yeah. i mean Heyman could probably persuade to do more of his stuff well i mean you know he doesn't like, own the company so yeah. he's always been the final say yeah no matter but, what you know but like uh, when I'm in that point, though, yeah. it's like, Heyman's like, hey, I have this cool idea, you know, this guy, yeah. whatever. And then Vince is like, yeah, but I don't like that. Yeah. And it's still going to end up Vince's way, which right. it, which it always is. Mm-hmm. But if it always goes that way, then right. I don't think it's going to benefit too much. Right. You know what I mean? I think like a lot of people's complaint, which is similar to yours, right, is at the end of the day, this guy watches one thing. It's WWE, right? Yeah. So he doesn't see the outside world, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, though, I think that there, I think this is a healthy move for the company because I think this is Vince, and I think people within the company going, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we have a problem, right? Talent wants to leave. Yeah, you know what I mean. The viewership is down. Um, we're trying to lock people up for long term deals, and nobody wants to resign anybody of any real major note, right? Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of writing on the wall here to where I do think that they're finally starting to recognize, and I think that. By bringing in the only two people in this world that have even come close to even remotely threatening Vince McMahon mm-hmm. are Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. I mean, Paul Heyman's been working in creative now, back like, unofficially for a while, yeah. with Brock and Ronda and some other stuff, right? Bischoff, I know people say, well, did you not miss that whole TNA run? I said, but TNA really dropped off a cliff after the Aces and Eights thing, right? Yeah. So... And Bischoff won. Let's be clear. Bischoff was winning for a long period of time. Now, granted, is it because of the NWO? Of course it was. But point being is that he's not the final guy making decisions. So some of that stuff will get filtered out, you mm-hmm. know. Um, do, do you approve of the move? Do you think that if they were going to do something like this, it was are these the people you would have hired, right? Are, is there anybody else that you can come to mind, like, there's a Dave Logano who was for WWE. He now works for NWA. You know, Billy. Cor- you could have theoretically brought in Billy Corgan, who owns the NWA, right? You could have brought in, you know, some people from Ring of Honor like they've done before. They've got a ton of ex-TNA employees right now working for them as producers and agents. But it, it, are these the guys? Like, if you're going to do anything to shift creative yeah. and to say, you know what, take them and run. I, I don't know anybody else necessarily that could be better. No, I mean, if you were like, hey, who's two guys that you could come bring in and change the company? Right. It'd probably be those two guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, I love how New Japan books, so maybe right. their booking staff right. would be something good, but they never, like, get those you're guys. Get right. Yeah, so <laughs> you're not going to get those guys. So, um, for me, I guess those two would be the two people. Right. Um, I mean, because here's the way, I mean, because for me, I, and we talked about this before the show, we, when, when it first, the reports first came out, yeah. I could not be more excited for this, right? Yeah. Listening to this and seeing what's going to be happening and they're going to truly be in charge, we're not going to see this change overnight, right? Yeah. It's not going to be an instant change. But what I do see 
is a willingness to go, okay, there's a problem, and we're willing to do something different, right? Yeah. We're willing to bring in other minds, other creative aspects of it, you know, and I mean... You can't you can't say you're a Paul Heyman guy or girl, but not like this move at the same mm-hmm. time. I get it; you're still reporting to Vince, but if Vince is at least acknowledging that maybe there's a problem involved here, then I think that we will start to see some changes, right? I do think that you will start to see things where you go, "Thank you, that makes sense." And sometimes, guys, especially in the wrestling world, new is just sometimes better. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just sometimes different crap is better than the same crap. Well, also getting two different guys to split the brands up yes. maybe helps also because yeah. Vince doing both you know you might even like say like me and you were doing right. like two different shows mm-hmm. you could be like oh what did we do a couple weeks ago yeah. like the whole like making everything make sense is a lot harder right. when you're running two three four five different shows right. like Vince is in mm-hmm. plus he's doing the XFL stuff too he's yes. got his hand in so much stuff where he's like he's got to okay this stuff and right. he's like but then we do that last. Maybe we didn't. Maybe I'm like forgetting what we did. Okay. Yeah, he's also he's, seventy. Yeah. So. <laughs> so like, but now having a guy who's just in charge of Raw and a guy right. just there for SmackDown. Now you got Triple H still going in NXT. Mm-hmm. So we have these three like pillars mm-hmm. in these spots that right. Heyman can go. No, no, no. Two weeks ago, yeah. um, they just changed the title, yeah. so let's not do it so soon now. Right. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, that yeah. makes sense. And I think maybe that could yeah. help out for sure. Absolutely. And, and I think that if nothing else, what it does is it bolsters the 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 pen you know so to speak right of people that you can count on to go okay yeah. you have everybody who's yeah. had any sort of success in this industry uh, with you now you yeah. know what i mean like we can bash bischoff and wcw as much as we want you know obviously they rose they were it was a meteoric rise and then an epic yeah. disaster at the end but at the same time the wrestling world would have been completely different if Barrick bischoff was able to buy wcw in 2000 so mm-hmm. or 2001 so because of that because of the fact that everybody wants Paul Heyman, you know, it's always talked about how SmackDown, when Heyman was head writer of SmackDown, SmackDown kicked Raw's ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's some things that you can see with the talent that WWE has. And let's not kid ourselves. They have the best talent, right? Yeah. Overall. They have the most. They have the biggest reach. They've got tons of talent, right? Yes. Regardless of what AEW has, they have a lot of great talent. So I think bring in a fresh mind to just go, okay, let's, let's reset it. You know what I mean? Let's get on our right path. Let's get on a portion where we can just go, yes, we can we can do some things, right? And just a different feel to the show. Here's what scares me, though, is what if it doesn't work? If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Yeah, but then I'm sitting there and go, you got, like, two of the best minds coming in. It doesn't work. Now, now what? what? Now yeah. what? And that's the scary part for me is right. you're basically setting this move up going, it has to work. Right. Like, this has to make change. Well, it has to increase viewers. You know, and yeah, here, here's the thing, though. At the end of the day... WWE is always going to be around. They're yeah. such a juggernaut. There's so much money. They've never made more money historically, right? Yeah. We're speaking from the aspect of a wrestling fan, yeah. not as a seven-year-old wrestling fan. There's yeah. a difference, right? So you've seen the ups, you've seen the downs, right? And you're just like, gosh, this sucks sometimes. You know what I mean? But I do think, like, I didn't think Stomping Ground was that bad. We didn't, we're didn't. we not going to do a full review on it. I don't think it's worth that. But I didn't think Stomping Ground was that bad. Did you? I, going into it, you were just like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be fine. rough. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was better than expected. I yeah. know that's not saying a lot, but I thought it was better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But last question I want to ask on this topic, too, before we kind of you know move on. And I'll get your thoughts here second but is this wwe finally admitting to themselves that all right we're in a fight you know what i mean because i feel like this like you said right this is a big move Mm -hmm. you know and has potential to really change the way the product is done and because of that i do think that there's a certain level of you know what we see you we recognize you we understand that you know what you're coming you're coming for us whether you've said it directly or not you're coming Mm -hmm. so because of that do you think that this is like their first effort to go, you know what? We see it, we understand it, we validate it, and now let's go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is their move. This is their next, you know, their next chess piece to be moved to go, your move now. Yeah, I, right? I think and it's almost at a perfect time now oh, where yeah. oh, yeah. AEW's about to start their show in October. Mm-hmm. Apparently it dates like October 14th or something, like yes. middle of the range mm-hmm. there. So you're gonna get these pieces and you're gonna get the ball moving about a month or two. I'm assuming around SummerSlam time is really when you're going to start 
if you see the change, mm-hmm. that's really when the change is going to start. Yeah, because SummerSlam like the they... middle of the year, so that's when you kind of see like a reboot of storyline. Yeah, right you get that. guys get called up and you guys move around, and then that's where all this everything reboots. Yeah. So and that's about two months before AEW show starts. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really the time that they're looking at to go. Right. Okay, we got all these writers in. We're going to write some good storylines, mm-hmm. and then we're going to try to get a set before the war really starts in October. Oh yeah, no when doubt. all the when their show starts, yes. and they're going to be getting a lot of viewers. As we talked about, because as like the first month or two of the show, everyone's no, even if it's the worst wrestling show on the planet, right? You're gonna watch. You're gonna watch the first just two months see. just, just to, to see what's going on. Exactly. So they're gonna need to help get those viewers back absolutely. and be like, absolutely. Even if it's on the same day, at the end of the day, ratings is king, right? And yeah. I know people say it's not really, but it is. Yeah. Because at the end of it all, if if WWE's underperforming, right, and AEW's just killing them, you know yeah. what I mean? If AEW's setting records all of a sudden, yeah, you that's know? well, that's the big problem. Is yeah. if like they're just going so bad, and fans are like, I'm not, I don't want to watch this, and now. You watch AEW one night a week for mm-hmm. two hours or whatever, and they love it. Yeah, people are gonna go. Why would I watch eight hours of WWE when AEW is on right. for an hour right. a week? Like it's and, not that much to invest right. into. Exactly. Kind of thing. I, the only thing is, and if I'm AEW, I'm a little concerned because I don't, I don't necessarily want to go right up against them because WWE's resources you don't have. Like, let's be real here. They yeah. have the network, right? They have these it's outreaches true. with other, you know, companies. They're doing that evolve show on the WWE network. Yeah, the same right? day as exactly. If you don't think that's not a coincidence, you're full of yourself. You know what so, I mean? um. AEW, I think, came out and said they're going to have more of a takeover-like schedule. Right. Um, probably about five to six, like, all out. Like, well, that's what WWE kind of used thing. to do, right? Yeah. They used to do the Clash of the Champions, which was a one-and-a-half to two, one, one two-hour show that was on TBS. Yeah. And then that was supposed to be, like, the intermediate in between, like, a Great American Bash and a whatever, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So you would do you do four. You probably had four majors, four major pay per views, yeah. and then you had these. You know the. Yeah. You know. What I'm do, talking you, about? do you like that over just having yes, like a yes pay-per-view because you don't have a, they don't have enough talent right now. There's no way to do it any other yeah, way right fair. now. There, there's not enough matchups. WWE has that ability. They don't do it, but they have that thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm in total agreement with. I that. mean, no, even like a year or two down the line, though, even when they start getting more talent, and stuff, I think it depends. Do you I think, think it, it, do you I think. think like you, a five I think if you did more of these stuff. fighter fest shows, which we'll talk about in the second half of the show, but I think that if by doing that, right, and saying, you know what, we get it that maybe not everybody can always afford an all-out show, right? Yeah. They can't afford the thirty-five ninety-nine every quarter or whatever. Yeah. We're gonna give these fighter fests away for free, yeah. right? So you still see culminations of storylines, you still see title changes, all that kind of good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not diluting the product where okay, every single week or every month I gotta pay another twenty-five dollars because yeah. no one's gonna do that. WWE knows that. They're, that's why the network exists, right? Mm-hmm. Is we can put on whatever we want. You're already paid the month, so you're gonna watch it. We know you're gonna watch it, right? Yeah. So I think that, and I think that with all these moves that WWE is making, I think that it's add. I think it's helping AEW a little bit too because it's like they're fine. Okay, the machine recognizes that we exist, right? They are recognizing and they are doing things in yeah. response to the positive response that we are getting from just these individual shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's tremendous. I think if nothing else, if you are a WWE fan, I think you should be excited. Um, I mean, I I am for, personally, I'm such a fan of both of these guys for completely different reasons. One is for creative side and the Paul Heyman side, but two, the production value and stuff like that. Like Eric Bischoff knows what he's talking about as far as TV production goes, right? And he he was responsible for the most productive time that WCW ever had. I think people forget WCW was really only in existence for about five or six years i mean it was like 95 to 2001 that was when it was actually called wcw so like a real true wcw what you're thinking you know what i mean there was some early 90s before that okay one more thought about just aew now yeah for sure yeah we talked a lot about wwe now yeah just the date of the show is on a wednesday Mm -hmm. is that to me, I think that's the perfect day. Yeah, to have of course, a because show. I think you're you're you've got a hangover now. Problem is that I think it could be a problem at one point because if you look at it, WWE's numbers start to climb and we start to see a better product, right? Yeah. We see some of these guys that we've clamored for to get pushed. We they take some of the McMahon's off TV. We stop putting Baron Corbin in the main event every week. Yeah, you know, and you do some of these things. Then you're like, man, Raw's killing it. SmackDown's killing it. Okay, now I'm gonna watch AEW and like I do think there's gonna be a pressure to follow some of that right now at the beginning like we said it's fine 
the roster has to grow yes. immediately, right? I think they've done a nice job so far, and we're going to talk about that more in the second half with Fighter Fest, but they've done a nice job of progressing some major storylines. I'm interested to see, though, how this is all going to shape out because yeah. it's different by doing one pay-per-view every month than it is to do weekly TV four times a week no, and then no, doing but pay-per-view. but just like in general as like yeah. a Wednesday night yeah, or 11 yeah, time like I said, slot. Right now I think it's fine yeah. because there's nothing on Wednesdays. Nothing ever goes that's what, Wednesday. That's what I mean, though. Exactly. Like you're not competing but as a Monday Night Football. Right, or but as a wrestling fan, if I'm enjoying the WWE product, right, and I say, like, because we're fans of everything, right? Yeah. We watch Ring of Honor, we watch New Japan, we watch it all. But because of that, if you're a fan and you're saying, wow, Raw is killing it right now. Like, I am really enjoying Raw. And SmackDown yeah. follows up, you're like, Man, SmackDown is like, I can see it. You know, like yeah. you can see this change. How much more wrestling are you going to watch every week? After the initial period of AEW, like, okay, let's see what they're That's doing. Fair. And we kind of roll onto it. It's like, man, I don't got, you know, let's see, three, yeah. four, five, seven hours of time yeah. to devote just to watching TV, right? Now, some people can, right? Yeah. I am not one of those people. I can't, well, I'm not going to sit and watch seven hours of wrestling every day, right? Now, thankfully, we haven't had to because Raw and SmackDown have been such so terrible for so long, but... Anyway, but the point being, right? Yeah. I, th- I think time will have to shake that out a little bit, yeah. right? You know, or if SmackDown moves back to Fridays, whatever, then then they're kind of back oh, and yeah. that Well, there's too. actually one more. Um, I guess yeah. I'm going to keep adding points here. Yeah, for sure. If they get rid of the brand split and say, like, their big majority is mm-hmm. just Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, like it was in, like, 2011, 2012, yeah. where SmackDown's kind of just, like, there. the enhancement thing, I think that hinders WWE. Like, I think they yes. need the br- no, brand split No, they need, the, they need a there. hard brand split again, yeah. and I think that needs to happen. I think you're right. I think SummerSlam, right after that, is the time you're going to see it. Wildcard really needs to go away. Yeah, it needs just to have go hard, away. Because I get to your point, yeah. like, if you have a hard brand split, AEW could be in trouble in the middle of the week exactly. there. Exactly. But if you're exactly. having just, if like... If you've got the same people on both shows all the time, it's the same thing. Yeah, you could just exactly. go, okay, I'm just going to watch Raw and AEW, no and now you got the AEW crowd. Yes, exactly. I think WWE is going to be very careful with that. I think the wild card rule was a result of, wow, we just need to do something to spike it, so let's do the unpredictability thing, right? Yeah. Similar to the 24-7 championship, but I'm going to be honest with you, I think the 24-7 championship has been more successful than this wild card rule. Well, I think the wild card rule would work if, if it, it was, was actually hard... if it was actually somebody different every week. Yeah, not Roman Reigns every yeah. week? Yeah. Well, Roman, <laughs> when Roman Reigns is on Raw and not SmackDown, but he's technically a Smackdown, Smackdown guy, suit? Yeah, it's stupid. doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. It's and that's, like, that's yeah, how Why is Kofi every night on Raw and SmackDown, right? Yeah. Kevin Owens is on Raw and SmackDown. You've got all, yeah, you know, you've got all these guys on both. Yeah. Or I guess when they come in, maybe it they won't no go sense. to both. Absolutely. All right. All right. Yeah. So yeah. this is I'm I'm really excited. If you're a wrestling fan, you should be totally excited. Now moving on a little bit, we're staying in the wrestling world here. Seth Rollins came out right before the Stomping Grounds pay per view and basically said that he's the best in the world. Nobody does it like he does. Nobody gets paid like he does. Nobody does it as many dates as he does. And Will Osprey went, I do. <laughs> <laughs> To the, you know, to the same degree, you know, and there was some back and forth there. Kenny Omega chimed in about the Saudi Arabia shows, which, you know, eh, you know, I mean, you can take that or leave it however you want. Um, But first off, I just want to start with Rollins because I I don't know if this was necessarily a company objective where they went, Seth, I need you to go in and really pump this product. Or if this is just Seth being like, you know what, screw this. I'm busting my ass. I'm the champion. I need to champion this company like, you know, they expect me to do so. But... Do you agree with Rollins, right? Do you agree? Because I, I don't think we can argue and say that Rollins hasn't been a top five performer in the past two years, right? Yeah. I mean, when he's healthy and he's on, he's on. He's on I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? His promos are always pretty darn good. His matches with with even guys like Baron Corbin could put on a hell of a contest. So yes. he's had some phenomenal matches. I think that he's been hindered a little bit. I thought they waited a little too long to pull the trigger on giving him the world title again, but that's regardless of the point. Do you agree that Rollins is the best in the world right now as we're sitting here talking for the amount of dates? I don't care about the money portion because I can't control, we can't control that, right? WWE's got a fortune. So, but as far as the, um, as the money goes, as far as, as far as the dates and and in ring ability, the promo, and more importantly, Putting butts in seats, yeah, right. Because WWE's not drawing as well as it used to right now. Yeah. So is he being hindered by that? Is he the best? Straight up, see, it's I hard to it's, call. It's right, very it's tough extremely hard because I actually do think Will Osprey is is like a one A one B to B. Like really? those two guys are my two favorites in yeah. the world right now. Right. Kenny Omega is probably two, yeah. but very close to one. Right, but those two are probably my one A one B. I think the only difference is Rounds is in a tough spot because how WWE is. Yeah. 
they don't have divisions. Right. You know, so like Will Ospreay's right now, well, he's technically the heavyweight, yeah. whatever you want to say that, yeah. but he's he was a junior, so he's going up against Bandito yeah. and all these, you know, yeah, Robbie right. Eagles, and he's got all these guys that can really work mm-hmm. and can really do stuff with right. him. Yeah. Where Rollins is kind of stuck where he's got Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Baron yeah. Corbin, yeah. and I think the ability that he can take Bobby Lashley and have a an elevator and actually a good match right. kind of elevates him to be better than like I think anybody can have a great match with like Bandito right like that's not right. like hard to do right. if you're like really good yeah or like Kenny Omega like yeah. Osprey Okada just like can go all out and right. do whatever but Rollins Baron Dude. Corbin and they're still making the same stuff happen Here, I feel like it's right here's why I impressive. would think that Seth is probably above Will right now at least right if this is the two people that we're considering the best I throw Kenny in there but Kenny hasn't worked much in the past no, you know, not, six eight not, months not so really. but it's with that be- yeah, right but with that being said right. I think that if you put Will Ospreay in WWE and you put Seth Rollins in New Japan, I'd still think that Rollins would be better off. Right? No, absolutely, like, I think yeah. I think Ospreay would drown right now in the WWE landscape, right? Yeah. So that well, I don't know me, about drown, but I do I do think Rollins. I think he'd be where Ricochet's at. Yeah, he'd be a US IC kind of realm, right? Because I don't think Osprey's promos are super high up Not there really. for me, no. but his athletic ability and his matches are phenomenal, right? Yeah. So you kind of have to balance that out. It's similar to like a Dynamite Kid situation. He's got a zero promo, but he's got a 10 wrestling rate, right? Yeah. So can't the average you know, out. Yeah. Exactly. So with that being said, though, I think that Rollins, I think, makes a great point in saying, I am, you may be the best, right? Yeah. But the product is not the best. And I think that's where people, I think, are kind of calling it, like calling and saying, no, that's not, that's not that's a thing. You know what it, I mean? Yeah. You know, it's because I think, I think New Japan has done a great job. We've talked about this before and we'll talk about it next week about the G1 yes. where they talk, you know, the depth that they have. WWE doesn't have that kind of depth that they're utilizing. They have depth, yeah, but they're just not using it. You know, the fact that Shinsuke or Andrade or even like guys like Rusev and, you know, Ryder and Hawkins, all these guys who are technically very good in the ring and have, Strong enough characters to be on television, and yeah, I got a tug of war between Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Makes exactly. no sense. You know what I mean? See, here's the thing: if say Rollins in the WWE one day right. they ever came up with the idea to do some kind of like G one thing, yeah, because I thought it, like going to SummerSlam, yeah, that would be a great thing to have some big tournament to decide who's going to be the number who's going to be number one contender for, for sure. SummerSlam as your like your second biggest show, right? Technically, if you want to call it after WrestleMania, yeah. Um, if he had some tournament where he had AJ and he had, you know, right. all these Adam Cole, Johnny Gargan, all these guys just got like 20 of them just got put into like a round robin thing mm-hmm. and he had, he would have like 10 five star matches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Given the time, right? Given, Given 20 time, to 25 minutes, it would be phenomenal. All those guys like that can really no work and no that doubt. he goes with, no he doubt. could he can work and make amazing matches out of those. Right. But just he gets stagnated with Baron Corbin every week and mm-hmm. he gets Bobby Lashley and he still gets very good matches. Like, yeah, yeah. I enjoy no those doubt. matches. Yeah, That's no why doubt. he's 1A for me. Mm-hmm. But Osprey. Yeah. I want to see him. I would like to see him against guys like bigger guys or guys that can't work as well, right. and see the, him bring him up to a good no match. Doubt. Absolutely, I feel like like the great matches he has with like Okada and all those. Mm-hmm. He like Okada carries him kind of through a little those bit. Oh, for sure, for sure. And so. I think and I think too because of the WWE product, right? I think that sometimes us fans get in the habit of okay, it's New Japan, so it's immediately better, right? I think sometimes we get into a habit of thinking, all right, it's WWE, it's gonna suck. Like I said, I thought Stopping Grounds was fine. I thought they did a they did a hell of a job telling that story with him and Corbin and the Lacey yeah. Evans thing and all that good stuff. Um, I thought the tag matches were. I thought there was a lot of good things about Stopping Grounds that you can build off of. Now, am I thrilled about Extreme Rules being basically the same thing over and over again? Not really. No, I'm not going to be thrilled with that, right? But like I said, there's some good things that WWE is doing, and I think Rollins is a big part of that. Uh, last question on this topic before we go to break. As a fan, do you enjoy this kind of back and forth, right? About, you know, with all these different guys from all these different promotions. Right? Obviously, New Japan's a little harder because they don't all speak English. But, you know, guys like, like Osprey, right? Or or Rollins and Kenny's getting into it. Jericho's kind of chiming in every once in a while. I see Tomatonga chiming in on some of that stuff because he just likes <laughs> to be amazing. part of it, right? Do you him. enjoy the fact that these guys are coming up and saying, no, screw you, you're wrong, we're the best product, right? We've shown it, we're proving it, and yeah. you know, and, and kind of sticking up for themselves. And I feel like, I don't know if it's a work, if it's a work, this is a completely useless topic, but I'm going with the fact that they're actually legitimately yeah. like want to say that we're the best. Yeah. And I feel like that fuels people, you know, to go out yeah. there and put on like a hell of a product for us to benefit from. Yeah, well, I, I actually love it because everyone always goes, WWE's one, and like, Right. Whatever, New everything Japan's else is two, two. Everything, right. everything else is two, three, whatever. Yeah. But 
when you really look at something like Russell Kingdom, or you go back to the Dominion last year with like the over Jeez. hour long match, that was, that was one of the best matches I think. That, ever, that, whole, that whole card was phenomenal. If you haven't gone see that, buy New Japan World and buy that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fantastic. fantastic. But you just go back and you watch some of their big cards and stuff, mm-hmm. and you go, "This is on WWE level or better." Oh, yeah, production so, values, yeah, there, production, everything. Literally everything's there that you want. So I love the banter that like Ron's like, "No, we're we're still the best," and they're like. Do you see what we do though? Yeah, like, right. Like, exactly. have you watched Wrestle Kingdom thirteen? Like, right. we had like five five star matches. Nobody's or nobody's ever like, going to have the outreach that WWE has. It's not no, possible. They're, it's not, they're the old no. kid on the block. They've been around forever. It's just how it is, right? Yeah. When you think professional wrestling, you think WWE. Most of the time, people don't know what professional wrestling is, but they know what WWE is. Yes. They don't ever tie those two things together, yeah. right? It's whenever, that fake stuff. Whenever I tell people that I watch, I just go. Uh, just watch WWE because right, it's, exactly. I don't want to explain the, the, Japanese yeah, exactly, wrestling yeah, exactly. or something. The like they don't understand that, of course. Yeah, because so, they just think everything's in the people think everything's in the bubble of WWE. Exactly, and I think that's what those yeah, guys are trying WWE, to go. Right? Like yeah. Tama Tonga is like, we're not WWE. Like we are our own thing, and yeah. we are doing a great we job exist. over here, yeah. and we exist. And I love the banter between the two. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. I think if nothing else, it's fun for fans like us to go out and be like, this is awesome, yeah. right? Just to see, because you're never going to see that, right? You're never going to see Will Ospreay and Seth Rollins face each other. It's never going to happen, no. right? As long as they're in separate companies, right? So in the meantime, it's fun to be able to go and make little jabs. And, you know, Ospreay had a shirt now made that says little, little man guy. Or little guy I or whatever. It. Did you really? Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> so those kinds of things are like, all right, we're going to take this and we're going to fuel this and we're going to go with it and make these little comments because every fan wants that peek behind the curtain right we all want to see yeah. you know what i mean we want to know what's going on we don't know why it's happening and how it happens yeah. and why is this guy doing this and everything else i think i think the reason everyone loves it so much too it's it almost brings back like the old days and yes. the cave well it's, it's where, like, just like now yeah, you know, you know you. like you know like you have like ride along and yeah. whatever and you just see all these guys who are supposed to be in feuds right. just like hanging out with each other and you're like it's not really like you it's right. not the realism right now you go wait is this a shoot or is it like real like are they actually Angry, right, we know it's a, like we know fandom. it's a work. We know that this stuff is predetermined, but at the same time, there's still a tremendous amount of pride that yeah. goes into your craft, right? And I think that's it, right? Like we can come on this show and say that we're the best sports podcast in the Metro Detroit area. We are, no doubt about it. I mean, it's right. In our, yeah, I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah. Some people may disagree, and that's fine. But I will fight tooth and nail to say that it's not. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. If nothing else, I think it gives us something to talk about. It's great stuff. All right. After the break, we've got a lot of good stuff. We are going to go right back into wrestling for a second. We're going to review both Best in the World from Ring of Honor and Fire Fest from AEW and kind of do some compare and contrast there. And then we're going to talk about Michigan's Baseball College World Series run as well as University of Michigan as a whole. And then we're going to end the show on a high note with some NBA schedule changes with our man... Kyle Budznowski. And maybe some free agency news. Oh, maybe, possibly. Just we depending, right there. Depending on stuff breaks when we're shooting, sorry. All that and more after the break. Stick around. Hey guys, this is the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just reminding you that we are live every single Monday at 7 in the morning on your favorite streaming services. All five major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and professional wrestling. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast every Monday, 7 a.m. See you there. All right, welcome back to part two of episode 31, guys. Episode 31 of this great sports podcast. Oh, hey, you finally joined us. Hey, we're going to welcome to the set the man himself, Kyle Budzanowski. All right, let's just jump right in real quick here. Um, Mike, best in the world, fighter fast, back-to-back days, lots of good stuff happening, some not-so-good stuff happening as well. Um, Let's just start off, I'll just, you know, high level. Better overall show. Which one did you like more? Did you like Fighter Fest or Best in the World? I have some problems with Best in the World that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about Fighter Fest and, and them as a whole. Which one did you like? Which one did you enjoy better? Uh, I kind of like Best in the World better a little bit. I think the card for Fighter Fest was a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. I thought um, mm-hmm. going back to it, looking at kind of stuff, the opening. Yeah. Um, Triple Threat Tag Match, fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought Cody and Darby Allen, fantastic, yes. with a great ending. Yes. And I thought Moxley and Joe Janela did everything they could in that non-sanctioned match. Yes. I think the six-man tag was a little spot-heavy. Yeah. It wasn't real. like, I wish it would have been a little more of a, yeah, like, no, yeah, there was no story, story or anything. It was just really, like, just get everything in and leave kind of thing. Exactly. So that kind of upset me a little bit. Yeah. And everything else is very unforgettable, I feel like. Yeah, well, that's the, well, that's the thing, too, right? And, and I'm agreeing with you. The Fighter Fest, I feel like, was just another card. It was like, okay, let's just get more people out there, right? Let's. I thought the women did a pretty nice job too. Yeah. 
Um, I, I thought that was a pretty entertaining match considering, right? I, I agree with you. I think the two... I, I think that the only problem I have with Best in the World is that their main event went nine minutes long, yeah. right? You cannot advertise Jeff Cobb being undefeated in Ring of Honor against Matt Taven, your biggest heel in the company, and it go nine minutes. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. With yeah. the rest of that card and how it was laid out, there is no way that that match should only have been nine minutes. That's an extremely poor mismanagement of time by Ring of Honor. And that that if I'm a, if because we watched it right and we actually had to pay for it, it's really annoying. Like mm-hmm. extremely annoying. That match should have been a lot longer. It should have been a, the focal point of that card. You know, you had the most un, you have an undefeated guy here that you're trying to build up, former television champion, and you don't do anything with it, right? I, I felt like that was an extremely big yeah. miss by Ring of Honor. Yeah, I will say that, but however, through going through the card of oh, yeah. overall, Best in the World, I'm in agreement overall, with you. Yes. I'm, I'm looking, you know, Kenny King, Jay Lethal. Yeah. Kenny King hit um, the Lethal Injection yeah. on Jay Lethal right. to basically win the match, which yeah. I thought was awesome in the Best of Three series, mm-hmm. kind of just ending in that way. The Pure Rules match going 18 minutes didn't need to go that long, right. but I thought the technicality of the match was quite amazing yeah. between the Jonathan two. Jonathan Gresham is fantastic, and Silas Young is supremely underrated. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we were talking about Shane Taylor and Bandito going, wow, this is probably going to suck. It was actually one of the better matches of the day, in my yeah. opinion. Um, Bandito really brought out yeah. some stuff in Shane Taylor yeah. with his just by being smaller, so Taylor looked you can way feed more. Him. You can feed him. Yeah, you feed, can... feed, feed, exactly. feed, feed. Absolutely. And then the six man tag was probably the best match on the card. Yes. Um, all together. Obviously. Yeah, with Flip Gordon. And then Flip Gordon and Gordon, yeah. Gordon uh, right. joining them. I, I don't think, and I think that's why Best in the World overall was better. I just had to yeah. get the, the main event thing out of there because that's. Yeah, annoying. That's but, um, but I do think that because best because best in the world, I think helped people, right? I think you got yeah. more stars. Whether you're, I'm not a Shane Taylor fan. I've been very adamant about that. But like you said, right? I thought Bandito got him to another level, yes. right? I thought the six man match was fantastic. And now you're bringing Flip in. You're putting your net adding elements, right? I don't think anything happened in Fighter Fest. Really, that sets anything up, right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moxley and, and Kenny. We, we already knew that was going to be a thing, yeah. right? I mean, you kind of plant a seeds for like Paige and MJF. Right, for a Paige little wins bit. The title yeah, to do some exactly. Stuff after, which I thought but... was a fine match. I appreciated the fact about Fighter Fest, though. The one thing they did do, which was really nice, in my opinion, they made two guys last mm-hmm. night. Darby Allen against uh, Cody, phenomenal. You know, you saw what that kid brings to the table. The fact that he's willing to put it all out there like that, that whole jump off, the, you know. The coffee yeah, spot. Oh, my gosh, was craziness. And then Janela and Moxley, right? I, I thought they used the weapons in a way where it was it was actually kind of unique, right? I thought there was some thought put into it, right? I thought that it didn't go too crazy. It wasn't a massive blood fest, right, or anything like that. I thought they told a nice story, and I think it put Janela on another level to where you go, okay, like this this I know this guy now, right? Like if you if you didn't know who he was before, you know him yeah. now. There is this, the ending of that yeah. match. Yes. Did you you yeah, watch the match? Yeah, the right? full match. Yeah. So, they put the thumbtacks out the second time, yeah. and I go, if he hits a dirty deeds into um, the yeah, thumbtacks, I'm going to scream so loud. Yeah, exactly. And then he literally goes, and then he does like the raising one yep. where he lifts him up and yep. drops him, yep. and he didn't release his arms, uh-uh. so literally it was just head first into him, yeah. and I scream really loud. Yeah, if you exactly. guys want to know, well, he took off here. his shoes. I was like, oh no, not the shoes! Like, yeah, oh, it's just extremely painful. All right, yeah, um, one match specifically that stuck out to you. On either show or just just on uh, just one show, just give me one match where you like I could rewatch that match over. Kobe or, or Kobe, Kobe, <laughs> Cody and uh, Darby Allen. Yeah. I actually rewatched it this morning. Yeah. After watching it last mm-hmm. night, I was like, I just loved. He really just let it all go. Yeah. And Cody's just so good at yeah. like Cody's he was been like, on fire. Yeah. His Cody's last two outings. Been the whole fantastic. like he was like you're not that good, and then the whole time Darby's like no I'm that good right. kind of like story mm-hmm. element that they yes, use. Exactly. Absolutely loved the whole thing. Brought him to another level. Like I said, they really brought something like Joey Janela if you're an independent wrestling fan you know who this guy is but if you are a generic fan and you've never heard of this guy before you sure as hell know now right I'm yeah. in agreement with you on that I yeah. really enjoyed the Fatal 4-Way too on Fighter Fest yes. uh, with you know MJF and Havoc and Paige and everything else I thought that was really nice um, yeah, I'll give you one on Best, uh, best yeah. in the World Jay Lethal Kenny King I would go yes. back and watch again um, and I'm not just, even a Kenny King fan. And I no, not really. But like, yeah. just watching like how the whole match, like Jay yeah. Lethal was trying to hit Kenny's finisher, like the whole match, mm-hmm. and then Kenny hits the lethal injection. I was like, mm-hmm. that's a great way to end a three match story arc. Right. So absolutely. you have to watch all three of them to really like get that. 
like moment. Right. Um, and then just it kind of upset me, like you said, yeah. the main event only going nine minutes. I was I like, I just felt like that's just bad time management. It's all yeah. it was. It's all it is at the end of the day, right? Bad yeah. time management. Well, you, um, just, you make you like kill Jeff Cobb with that match. Right. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. He spent all his time for no reason. Um, real quick before we shift over to some Michigan news, um, just compare these cards to Stomping Grounds. Did, did the Stomping Grounds at least hold up? In your opinion, not necessarily better, but does it like where you go? Okay, like I like I'm not upset about watching that compared yeah. to these other two events. Um, no, yeah, I would watch all three of them. Yeah, like usually some WWE events, like, I go, girl, I go, no, like, let me get, give me something else. Yeah, um, I'd put actually, I'd probably put it, I'd put it as last, yeah. maybe maybe even second to Fighter Fest yeah. being last. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'd definitely, I'd say it's up there. Yeah. they're all within like a. Seven or eight out of ten for me yeah. shows kind of I th- thing. I like, thought I think a lot of people are gonna be mad because we're we're not we're not dogging Fighter Fest, but do- Fighter Fest was a clash of the champions. Is what it was. Yeah. Let's be real here, folks. Okay? Well, it's also very hard to compare because you're looking at Best Tomorrow being Ring of Honor's like WrestleMania, yeah. and then you're going oh, and then you got Fighter Fest, which yeah. is just yeah, so best much in the world. Away. Yeah, Best in the World and Final Battle are like two Ring of Honor. Yeah, two they're like the two, the two like top it's like dogs. SummerSlam, WrestleMania, right. WWE or whatever. Exactly. And you're looking Best in the World to Fighter Fest, which would be like. Backlash to yes, WWE standards, exactly. so like it's very hard to say. There just needs to be some rounding out of talent for for, for AEW, right? They yeah. just really need to kind of start really cultivating. Yeah. And I think once they get the weekly TV show, we're going to see that. Obviously, yeah. it's right? hard to not have a TV show and set up four exactly. huge cards that you're trying to exactly. go. So exactly, they so they're just trying to keep themselves afloat until until the TV. TV. Exactly. All right, let's bring Kyle into the mix now. We're going to talk a little yeah. Michigan baseball. Did you watch any of it, Kyle? They lose. Did I, I did watch some. Yeah, they oh, lose good. in the College right. World Series in Game Three of Three to Vanderbilt. Um, hell of a run, right? They were unranked. They beat UCLA, the number one ranked team in the country, you know, to get to the tournament. Yeah. Um, phenomenal job overall. It's the first time they've even sniffed the College World Series championship since like 1984 or something like that. So it's been a really long time. Um, does this does recent success, Kyle, make you want to watch more Michigan baseball? No. <laughs> no. I, I asked this question ironically because the answer is oh, anybody who says yes, you're lying. So just go. No, no. I mean, yeah, like people could say, "Oh, you're not a Michigan fan." Oh, you don't. But yeah. like, hey, we got the we support. <laughs> but, but baseball, God no. Yeah, like no. unless they become like the, the like Alabama superpowers. football uh, yeah. for uh, for baseball, I I just I don't see any. My problem with Michigan baseball is just not on. No, it's like, like, like no no college baseball is exactly. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like you have to like go out of your way to go oh, yeah. find it to watch go it. Find which it no one's on online to on, go like, watch ESPN it. Four on some sketchy yeah. websites. ESPN yeah. the Ocho. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I agree with you. Just, if it if it was mainstream, like if it was just on ESPN. Like regular ESPN, yeah. maybe you turn it on if there's like not a lot of it. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. For it's sure. also during like the NBA playoff season too, so that's it's really tough. hard. It's tough for sure. Um, I, what, more importantly though, outside of Michigan baseball, congratulations by the way on a great run for yeah, sure. Um, but the big thing I want to talk about is the university as a whole. Now this is just another instance. This loss is another instance of Michigan losing in big games. You can go back to, in basketball this year, they lost to Michigan State three times, including in the Big Ten final. You look at Michigan or you look at Michigan in football, you lost to Ohio State again. You lost to Notre Dame again. Your, your record against Michigan State has not been good. Um, you know, There's a lot of things that you can point to in going, okay, we always seem to get there, but we never seem to finish it and get the job done, right? One yeah. way or the other. Um, I, I mean, what, is this the new thing? Is this the new stigma against Michigan athletics as a whole? Because you, we looked at, we always we always said that about State, right? State, oh, you can be fine, you're really good, and then you blow it in the big yeah. game, right? Michigan doesn't have a great track record of not blowing it, yeah. especially in the past 10 years. So, Kyle, I'll start with you. Is this the new thing that Michigan needs to overcome is kind of like, all right, you know, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, go win a Big Ten championship, right? Go win a national championship. And I'm going to ask that in a second, but is this the next obstacle that Michigan as a whole needs to overcome and not just get the overrated label because they're Michigan? Um, yeah, because when you're like Michigan and you're all this prestigious college, one yeah. of the best in the country, and in, you're losing big games in like almost every sport. Yeah. Even, I mean, I guess for baseball, I mean, they were an underdog. I mean, no you, doubt, no doubt. You, what I'm saying, you yeah. came in, not, they weren't really expecting much. But Michigan football, when you come into the season like already favored to be in the college football playoff, and you can't even beat Ohio State for the 14th straight season, right? 
and that's when it's that's when it starts to become and then you will lose the state in basketball. That's when it starts to become like you need to like actually start winning these games because yeah. you're you are up there with some of the greats of college sports and right. and you're but you're losing. And you have the resources, you have the athletes, you have the recruiting classes. Everything is you, you, there's nothing against you. Let's put it that way, right? Like your recruiting class is not that much worse or better than say Ohio State's is, right? Most of the time. You're pretty up there. You're both top 5 at the end of the day. You both have "quote unquote" good coaches, so I, I mean, Mike. Same question to you: is, is this something that Michigan needs to overcome? Because once again, you look at this track record; it ain't pretty. It really isn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, can we just win one? Let's just go. <laughs> like, yeah, they definitely do need to overcome it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, because like literally look- basketball, they lost the two championships. Well, twenty thirteen. No, there's no winner now. Because no, yeah, Louisville right. But no, I, I'm, but here's the thing, though, right? Like, I can, like, I, I will absolve Michigan basketball of losing to Michigan State this year because they won it last year. You know what I mean? They won the Big yeah. Ten tournament. But point being is that it's last just year's. another example, though, of yeah. us not getting it done. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's a Final Four run that goes awry, right? It's a it's a national championship we get blown out in. It's yeah. a another rivalry loss that you have on your on your record where you go. You know, like, it's great, you know, in, in Michigan football, okay, cool, you won eight games, awesome, or you won ten games, but if you're 10-1 and one and that one loss is Ohio State, where the hell does that get me? Not in Indy, not in a, not in a Big Ten championship game, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know I'm, 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 the people must think that I'm not even a Michigan fan. I am so hard on Michigan all the time when we talk yeah. about them, but it's, it's very frustrating, though, because it's just, you go and you say... You're supposed to be this powerhouse, right? Yeah. Alabama doesn't lose these games. I'm sorry, Not they don't. Always. They don't, right? They win them just about as much as they lose them. Michigan's about, yeah, this yeah. is a loss, this is the win column, right? <laughs> At least Alabama's got a right to lose a national championship game. They won 12 of them, all right? Yeah. Michigan hasn't even sniffed one since 97, for goodness sake. So, it's for me, you have to just go and say, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Expectations should be higher than, okay, well, we used to suck, so now we should be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that can't be That's yeah. my Lions expectation. Yeah. I, that's different because they've never won, though. Yeah. That's the difference, right? <laughs> but it's a little bit different. And I agree with you. They shouldn't suck. That's the point. Um, I, I want to get you guys a real quick opinion on this. Next Michigan team to win a national championship. Definitely football. Definitely football. Really? You, really? you guys are really confident about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, like, when – Michigan football is the team that's that's always kind of up there. They're already projected to be in the third or fourth spot in the college football playoff. You're getting all these amazing recruits. Are they this year already? Yeah, they're projected. Are they really four in the yeah, college football playoff? Four or five. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's an anticipa- anticipation. <laughs> it's of always this, anticipation. Like you don't this, know like, until brand new offense. You're supposed to have this yeah. top defense already. Yeah. I mean, we it could like defense. it could oh it could just turn awful and you could Shea Patterson get injured and. The, the, all the forwards. No, we, we just need to lose the right game. Yeah. Because Ohio State loses the right game. They lose to Purdue. Yeah, right. They lose to a game close. They didn't lose close this year. But, no, they got But they up. win the rivalry games and they win when it exactly. matters. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. There has to be that one. I think Michigan's the closest one because it's awful to say it. Like, that's yeah. how I'm going to say it. Yeah. But there's going to be one year within the next couple years where they're going to finally beat Ohio State. That's the year they're going to do it. You think so? Yeah. I hope so. I mean, Irvin Meyer's not there anymore. Yeah, I know, so, but yeah, it's just yeah. But uh, like, yeah. just like like basketball, it's so unpredictable with the big tournament and stuff yeah. that like getting through eight straight games of not losing is right. so hard to no do. Doubt. Football, no doubt. it's like if you can overcome the Ohio State game, you're two games away from the championship. So realistically, I feel like they have the best mm-hmm. shot. And the Michigan baseball, I don't think they're going to go on this run that they did last year. No. And hockey. It's hockey. Yeah, exactly. They even. They probably won actually. They probably did. Yeah. I mean, no, but that's that's what I'm saying, though, right? Is that so? It, that's why I think football's the closest. I could see basketball if they get hot again at the mm-hmm. end of the year or something. But like but, all these other teams, like you need like some crazy run to win. Yeah, like, football Michigan. If you to. if you get past that Ohio State game, you're like 11-1, 12-0. You get that. You play Oklahoma, then you play Alabama. If you can beat those, you're in. Right. So exactly. Right. I feel like you have the no, best no shot there. Yep. However, beating Ohio State, well, Michigan walking into this topic, I didn't know what you guys were going to say. I was kind of surprised you guys said football as quickly as you did, but you kind of sold me on it. So I, I would agree okay. with you on that. Well, I don't, what would you have said like, before I, you heard us? Uh, were you going to say basketball? Uh, I probably would have said football, but I would have said like that's like 
I don't see any team in the next five years winning a national championship. Honestly, well, I don't, you know what I, mean? I don't like, know. Honestly, I don't know like, if a team wins a national championship, yeah, but like, say, even, a, yeah, right. say a Final Four appearance, yeah. I can see Michigan going undefeated and then just sneaking by Ohio State somehow. Right. And now you're in, in the, the Final football. Four. Right. Then you get a ball going your way or something. You could, right. you know, yeah. you could get a run. I don't know. If sure. They'll be the Listen, best team I'm not, going. I'm in, not but. saying that you know Harbaugh's done a bad job with the football program. Clearly, he hasn't. But the expectation being that we're competing for Big Ten championships is the is the expectation yeah. that has not happened yet. So yeah. until that starts happening and. Until we've done that and we've beaten Ohio State, you know, I'm not so as concerned about beating Michigan State on a consistent basis. I think that's you know, that's an up and down. That's going to be a tighter battle for years to come. But yeah. the Ohio State thing is important, so that needs to happen. Um, yeah. All right, last topic of the episode, NBA schedule changes. So I know me and Mike, we were talking about this earlier in the week. Um the NBA basically coming out and proposing that they may be shortening their schedule between 50 to 75 games. Uh, they could have like a mid-season cup champion because everyone's a winner. And they be, could have like this wild card thing happen. There's a whole bunch of different ideologies out there, right? But I wanted to stick to the length for a second, right? Just okay. going from 82 to, to, to 75, 50, whatever. Is that a good move by the NBA to shorten their season just a little bit, right? Uh, to combat some of this stuff, right? Does it combat player resting? Does it mm-hmm. combat... Um, injuries to big names. Does it make the playoffs more intense because people are fret, more fresh and ready to go? Does it matter? Like, I mean, let's, Mike, I'll start with you. I mean, give me your thoughts. Um, personally, I don't think it matters that much. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do think if you shorten it, I mean, you do probably combat player, star player resting. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you would, to be honest. Possibly. You know, not. if you're like. If you're Toronto and you're winning 60 games in an 82 game season, mm-hmm. and you're winning, and the season goes on to 70 games right, or 65 right, games or whatever, you, win you know you 48. win 48 or 50, like <laughs> yeah, you're right. still going there, so he's still gonna rest, right? You know what x amount of games or whatever. Mm-hmm. It actually just benefits people like older guys, like say LeBron James, mm-hmm. if you really wanted to say it, because. Now you only have to play fifty games in the season to get to the playoffs, and then your playoff runs. Every the whole season is just shorter, right. which just benefits the older players that right. are in the league. Yeah, personally, sure. I don't think it's been a big issue. Mm-hmm. I actually want to see changes to maybe the other playoffs, se- yeah. other seasons, and maybe how the playoffs are right on. Kyle, but the season length is. Kyle, same question to you, right? Do you, do you are you in favor of possibly shortening the season? We're gonna talk about other sports here in a second about it, but I want to you know just basketball. Is 82 too long? Is it is it just right? Do you think they could cut it down by 10, 15 games? I mean, give me your thoughts on it. Um, I think they like I don't like like Michael said. There's not I don't think there's that big of an importance. I guess it and make it, it makes the game mm-hmm. slightly more important if you're having like a 50, right. 50 game season. Clearly, because there's less margin for error, obviously. Right. And I mean, I guess if you, like if it's like sixty five, I mean this resting thing, I guess it, nothing would really change. But if it's like 50, if you're really getting down to 50, yeah. I guess then you could say, be like, oh, these people don't need to rest. You play, right. you could play 82 games, now you have to rest during a 51 season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it helps the older guys, it helps someone like LeBron where he doesn't have to play 82 games and then and then carry a team in the playoffs for the entire playoffs trying to get to right. the finals. Right. So it obviously helps. I don't think it would be that big of a deal if they don't change it or do change it. Mm-hmm. Like Michael said, there was other things that could be changed that probably would be more, right. more beneficial. Right. Obviously, I think playoff seeding is one that I think we've all liked to see, right? It just instead of, you know, 8 and 8, it just be 1 through 16. Yeah. And just I would see actually, that. 100%, I'd prefer the All-Star game to do what baseball does. Yeah. And, and have the home court, like, home court determine the winner and go back to East and West and have right. the winner determine. Because I feel like that just adds so much importance to it mm-hmm. to get home court. Because they just go, oh, yeah, best record's going to get it. So, like, the Warriors are 73 and 9. And they're like, all right, we just get home court the whole time. Right. But say the East wins it. Right. Even if you're at 8 seed going in, now you get home court advantage. I think right. that, that dynamic is so interesting. Yeah, for sure. And it would make people want to watch the All Star yeah. game because nobody watches the All Star yeah. game for anything. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't still like want to watch it. <laughs> it might be like, oh, okay. But well, you'd be like, at least there's importance right. to it. Yeah, for but, sure. But like, have you how you say like the Warriors? If since they have the seventy-three nine season, they'll have home court advantage all the time. But if the West is so stacked with all these stars, and you go back to the system where it's just West versus East. Couldn't West just win every year? Yeah, but at least there's a, at least there's an incentive though. For I mean, I get it. Play. Like. I get yeah. it that it's yeah. going to give like the players a lot more reason to play, but then the East is going to get slaughtered by the well, West. Well, I don't think, I guess this could be argued too, I don't think the dynamic between the East and West 
as far as star players, as far as star it's, players is super yeah. huge. It's the teams. Like, like, like I could say, okay, you name the teams. You're like, oh, Warriors, Rockets, OKC to a point, Lakers to a point. Like you got all these teams that are like going to be 45 win seasons. But when you go star players, you go. The East has Giannis, Kawhi, Kyrie. You got Blocke, um, Blocke. <laughs> And you, I mean, you have every. You, I mean, you have a, at least a good starting five on each side, yeah, for sure. which could really make the game competitive. Yeah. So I don't think it's such a disparity. Kemba's on the east. Yeah. So like, you can't just go, oh well, it's fi- it's five v five, no matter what. So what your five over here is Curry, yeah. LeBron, KD, but right. this side you got you know Kyrie, Giannis, and, uh, and right, for Kawhi. Sure. So it's not super. It's not. Yeah, super I'm looking at for sure. Uh, last question on, on kind of on this topic, right? Do you think another sport would benefit from shortening their season? Like, do you think baseball or hockey, not football, obviously, you only have 16 games, right? But, like, I think baseball would benefit greatly from shortening their season. You know what I mean? There's just so many games. Yeah. You can lose 15 games in a row and be fine. Yeah. Like, theoretically. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, only, I, I like oh. having basketball have a lot because I love watching the NBA, so right. I love having a game on every night yeah. during the season. Because if it went down to 50, there'd probably be some nights that they just don't have games on because yeah, they don't course. have enough games to fill. Yeah. Um, even if baseball goes down, you wouldn't have yeah. that problem. I would like to see hockey go down to yeah. a decent amount because of just how aggressive and how physical oh the sport gosh. of hockey so is. Hard to play hockey. It's um, I don't want to see like Alex Ovechkin get hurt. Right, of course. Early on or later in the season, right. after playing his 80th straight game or something, and then mm-hmm. be out for the playoffs. Right. I feel like the NBA doesn't have that big of a problem where like LeBron's not going to be hurt, just like aching after the 80th game to where he just can't play unless because he's old, man. He's yeah, 35. Yeah, unless you're <laughs> Kevin Durant. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would go. I would go hockey. Yeah. I think, I, I think hockey down. could benefit yeah. a little bit, too. Like I said, if nothing else, I think it's why NFL sometimes, I think people forget. It's like, there's only 16 games. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, you lose a game, you're like, son of a bitch. I, actually really wanna, let I, I would go. like to see just the preseason get cut for the NFL. Yeah, I think that's going to happen sooner or later. Like, I don't know CBA, if they're going to be like, those two games too. make an 18-game season. I don't know if I'd like I don't, that. I don't want that. I think if you just cut two games out I think of the Yeah, I think if you just have like... Because then you get to pay the players more. You're paying yeah. two more games that are actually meaningful football. Yeah, like if you have yeah. week one where week one is in the preseason, and then yes. you do like week three or four where that games are set, yeah. I think that's a perfect time. Because I don't want to go no preseason. Uh, uh, I, think, yeah, the first game, I think your first game is just like a warm-up to a game. Your second game is your dress rehearsal, right? Like it's almost like college week one of college football, right? Where the first game, unless you're in a marquee matchup, is a blowout 99% of the time, right? So it's Michigan versus Toledo. Yeah, they play, what, they're playing mid-Tennessee this year, Michigan Right, is? exactly. So, so that, that's yeah. Should That's be like the a second preseason game for the NFL before you go, okay, then we open up. Now we're going to play against whoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? We play Oklahoma week two or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I agree with you guys. All right. That's going to be it for part two of episode 31. Please stick around. As always, we've got um, some great uh, title change action happening. So congratulations to whoever our champion is. Is it Mike? Is it Kyle? Is it me? I don't know. Well, it's definitely not you. It's not me? No. No, It's for you guys. All right, fine. Well, stick around, I guess. Maybe I went back. Who knows? Um, Do we have any free agency news before I forget? I I think I do. I just just got a report. Okay. Derek Martell Rose. (laughs) I looked it up. That's his middle name. Is it really? Derek Martell Rose. (laughs) Will officially become a Piston as of 6 o'clock Sunday night. 6 o'clock. Derek Rose, a Detroit Piston. Goodbye, Ish Smith. I will never miss you. Well, what if they get rid of so... Reggie instead? And cool. Then keep... they cleared cap? Awesome. And but they no, but they Ish keep Ish Smith. I'm cool. I cleared cap space. That's awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm fine with that too. But goodbye, Ish Smith. I hate you. Um... I don't really hate you. I just really can't stand the way you play basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like the, you know who he is, just real quick before we actually sign off officially? Ish Smith is Sean Hill to me. Everyone thinks Sean Hill was like a great backup quarterback, come in, win you a couple games as a starter, right? Yeah. And in reality, he could never actually do that because he was awful. That's who Ish Smith is. Ish Smith's like, well, he's a really great point guard. He does a lot of great passing. He never passes the ball. He just shoots it all the time. Oh, I kind of like Ish Smith. No, that's fine. That's why I'm what? mad at you. Yeah, say something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> All right, guys. Derek Rose is going to be a piston. That's awesome. Probably next week we'll talk some more free agency stuff about the NBA, as well as the G1 Climax, and a whole bunch more great stuff. All that more for our NBA Insider. For the Merc Zone, I'm the Mouth of Michigan. See you guys, as always, next time.